Hello, everyone. This is Eric, the producer, coming to you before the show with a new segment that we're doing here on Grease the Wheels, where we're highlighting some local businesses to us, as well as our listeners, who could use a bit of a bump during these trying times of COVID-19. So this first company that we reached out to, uh, in all honesty, I reached out to them because they have one of the coolest Instagram accounts out there, and they're, they are local to us. They're in Buffalo, New York, and we really wanted to give them a shout out. And that is Spoke and Dagger Co. And if you're into motorcycles or motorcycling or just really cool aesthetic stuff, Spoke and Dagger Co. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Facebook. They are absolutely fantastic. But what they really wanted me to talk about is their motorcycle parts program because they cater parts orders to the at-home mechanic with thousands of aftermarket parts options. Now, eventually, it's going to be nice enough for all of us to get out there and ride. But until that day, we should probably get our bikes in proper working order. I know I am doing a side job right now for a friend of mine on his bike. And I am definitely going to be going over to Spoken Dagger Co. I'm going to hit them up. I'm going to send them a DM, say, hey, this is what he rides. This is what he needs. And, uh, hey, by the way, how much should I scalp him for the labor? Because uh, I really didn't want to do this job. Either way, Spoke and Dagger Co. Tell them what you need. Tell them what you ride. And they will get you the parts that you need delivered to your door so you can get your bike ready to go for some more social distancing. Now, is it just me or is motorcycling sort of like the OG social distancing? So support a company that supports the motorcycling community out here in Western New York. No matter where you are, they can get you the parts and apparel that you need. I know a lot of guys are uh, doing a little bit more Netflix than chill recently, so they might need to go up in sizes on some of their gear. Let Spoken Dagger quote make you look good while you try to drop those uh, those quarantine pounds. But in the meantime, you can still ride. So check them out. Spoke and Dagger Co. They have a fantastic social media presence. They have a great six-week mechanics course. They also have a fantastic online repository of information and videos on how to do sort of fixes yourself. So your buddy doesn't end up doing your clutch, jo- uh, your clutch cable job and completely botching it. Uh, like I did. I will be on at the end of the show for another company spotlight and uh, enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. That means it's Grease the Wheels time here at the Rock and Roll Garage. There's a microphone set up here and there's a fat, ugly old bastard named Uncle Jimmy sitting behind it spewing bullshit and crap you don't need to know. But you seem to like it, so here it comes, all right? All right. Uh, before I get started, I want to say thank you to everybody who listens. I especially want to say thank you to those of you who either are or were in the military, uh, veterans who might be mechanics or listening to this podcast, either or. doesn't really matter if you're a veteran. You're a hero of mine, okay? Just so you know, uh, I personally, as a human being, uh, appreciate your commitment to serve the country, the United States of America. And if you're a veteran of a military service in another country, well, kudos to you also, okay? Anytime a human being makes a commitment to uh, serve and defend the, the people of his country, regardless of that country's place in the world or, or status militarily, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, that's what keeps us all pretty much safe. Unless, of course, you live in a country where you have an evil, mean dictator who wants to kill everybody and take over the world. Then, well, what are you going to do? You're probably forced to serve. So, 
But in the United States of America, you are not forced to serve. We do not have a draft. It is strictly volunteer, and uh, that makes it all that much more honorable. I appreciate all of it, okay? Just wanted to get that off my chest. I know a lot of people don't appreciate what goes on uh, with people who are serving our country. Uh, I don't personally. Uh, I think maybe I do a little bit. But uh, regardless of what uh, sacrifices you make, I want you to know they are greatly appreciated. Now, the, the subject of today's podcast is uh, about uh, used cars. Touchy subject for me because I have definite strong opinions about what goes on with used cars, what should not go on with used cars, and what does go on with used cars, excuse me, what does go on with used cars, and uh, where that whole market is headed, where it's headed, what is happening to it in the future, vis-a-vis the intranet and the World Wide Web and online, okay? Now, folks, as automotive technicians, I believe that you and I should inspect every single car that every single person in the country wishes to buy. That's my opinion. That would obviously be in a perfect world. Uh, Unfortunately for us, or maybe fortunately, depending on how you feel about it, uh, it doesn't happen that way. Uh, Now, I have worked in a lot of different shops And it is extremely rare that anyone asks us at uh, a specific dealer or maybe at a uh, aftermarket shop, even a uh, independent shop, to look over a car for them before they buy it. It's really, really rare. And I think personally that it points to a level of ignorance that is costing people a lot of money. I... I believe that wholeheartedly. I have, in the past, uh, done what we used to call a pre-purchase inspection, a PPI, and found out, uh, let me see, I've probably done about a dozen or so over the course of the last five years. And out of those dozen or so pre-purchase inspections, I think 10 of them, honestly, were post-purchase inspections. It kills me. Why would you... And it has happened, but I don't understand why you would have somebody look at a car to see if you should buy it after you already bought the fucking thing. Is that stupid? I mean, that is the ultimate cart before the horse scenario. Why would you why would you even want to know what's wrong with it after you bought it? You're going to be fucking stuck with it, right? I mean, if you drop the coin, if you're making payments on it, you put down a down payment or maybe you bought the whole thing cash or whatever. You own the fucking thing. Now you want to know what's wrong with it? It's just ridiculously stupid. It, it's it's, it's the, the epitome of stupid in my mind. Now, as mechanics, you, you and I, as as you know, mechanics of whatever type we are, whether they were heavy-duty guys, diesel guys, uh, airplane technicians, or even just HVAC guys, or you know, whatever it is you do mechanically, okay, as a technician, if you go to buy a car and you look it over, you are likely to find some sort of fucking thing going on with about, I'd say 75% of them, where you wouldn't want to buy the fucking thing. Am I correct? I believe I am. I mean, I've looked at cars and I've said, holy shit, what, what is this? And somebody has either hit something with it and bent something or something has been repaired but poorly or some system doesn't work right and uh, nobody seems to care uh, or, you know, I mean, 
body panels misaligned, uh, flood damage even. There's just a myriad of things that can happen to an automobile once it gets into the hands of a consumer, which coincidentally is exactly why when you drive a brand new car off the lot, it automatically depreciates anywhere from $2,000 to $10,000. I mean, you could go down to the dealership and buy a car tomorrow and pay fifty grand for it and drive it for a week, bring it back and want to trade it in, and they're going to give you forty, maybe even thirty-five grand for it. They don't want it. They sold it to you once. Why do they want to have to try to sell the fucking thing again? They don't want to do that. They got their money. They don't want to give it back, and they're not going to. And if you, it, you know, if you try to impress upon them that you really need to sell it back to them, they're going to give you a fuck of a lot less than you gave to them. Okay, because that's not what they're in the business for. They're not renting cars. There's other places where they'll rent you a car for a week, and they only charge you twenty six or twenty seven dollars a day instead of you know whatever the full manufacturer's suggested retail price of the vehicle is. And then when you bring it back, all you owe them is whatever it was per day instead of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. As uh, in the last 20 years or so, one of the things that has happened since the internet has exploded and everyone has moved all of their business to it into virtual used car lots and virtual uh, brick and mortar stores and warehouse uh, other assorted uh, web apps where you can buy literally anything online. And I mean literally. Uh, there are sites, there are web apps where you can buy uh, used cars. And you could probably buy a new car, but at least with a new car, you know that there's some sort of quality control that the factory had their hand in before that car got out the door. But with used cars, all bets are off, okay? And and here's the problem. You go online, and, and it's a, as far as I'm concerned, just so we're clear, I think it's a big, big problem, okay? Because I've worked on some of these cars from some of these fucking places okay and they're they're not uh they're not up to snuff they're they, they don't they don't pass muster they're not uh viable used cars okay uh the thing is with used cars is it is a very dark industry okay and i'll tell you what i mean by that um and there isn't anybody who deals in used cars who doesn't give me the creeps uh, like a, a Frankenstein monster or Dracula or the blob or the thing or any of these other fucking horror movie monsters, seriously, because they exist on an almost subterranean level as far as I'm concerned. And here's, here's what I mean when I say that, okay? Individuals and companies that sell used cars have one thing, one thing only in mind, when it comes to used cars, they want to put as absolutely little money as possible into those cars, whether they get them traded into their particular dealership or whether they buy them in an auction or whether they buy them online or whether they find the fucking things on the side of the road or buy them at an impound auction or at a salvage auction or whatever. The one number one goal, the number one goal is to not spend money on these cars. You want to spend as little money as possible to buy them. You want to spend as little money as possible to fix them up so you can sell them. And you want to get the maximum amount of money you can when you do sell them. Okay. Now, does that make these people bad? Uh, it Well, <laughs> no, it does not make them bad. But what they do next does make them bad. And what I mean by that is when a vehicle comes through a repair shop, 
uh, for a dealer, a used car dealer, or at a dealership even, or anywhere where cars are repaired, and it is owned by someone who dabbles in used cars, there is one overall uh, sensation that you get from these people when it comes to repairs on these cars. Number one is they're cheap. They want to spend nothing. And in a lot of cases, uh, they'll bring a car to a shop and get a diagnosis on something and not perform the repair at all. Not perform any kind of repair whatsoever. Get it back to their lot and maybe maybe they'll rig it up so that the, you know whatever it is that has failed, whatever it is that doesn't work, maybe the customer who's going to buy that car won't notice. Uh, maybe they won't see it if it's a physical kind of a, a problem. If it's an electrical problem, they may clear faults. And, uh, and, and this has happened to me where I bought a, a car from an individual who had the faults cleared just before I got there to look at it and proudly trumpeted the fact that the check engine light was not on and that was only because it was freshly cleared. Uh, but the joke's on that guy because <laughs> because I got the... I. He gave me a pretty good deal on the vehicle. I took it home. The check engine light came on. I scanned it, found out that uh, a sensor was unplugged, went and looked at it, plugged it back in, and pfft, it was fine. It was fine. The guy was too stupid to honestly have the car repaired, and whoever was going to repair it probably would have just said, oh, the thing was unplugged, no charge. But no, since he's a scumbag, like most of you used car people out there who run those little nickel and dime lots, he just said, oh, I'll clear the faults and they won't be on. And then when he leaves and goes down the road, eh, who cares if it comes on then? Fuck them, right? Fuck them. And that's the actual mantra of a used car guy. The car's down the road. It's over the curb. Fuck them. Who cares what happens to it after that? As long as I get my money. Now, are all used car guys like that? No. No, they're not all like that. But an overwhelming majority are. So what that says to me as a mechanic is that people who aren't mechanics should definitely definitely bring their cars to us to make sure that this shit doesn't happen to them because if joe blow who works as a who knows a contractor and doesn't know anything about cars buys a car and he gets it down the road about five ten miles and the check engine light comes on and he calls the place where he bought it and they say oh well it wasn't on when you bought it click and they don't care they don't give a fuck right okay so he brings it into your shop after he bought it and you go oh yeah yeah you're uh you know the, the cylinder number number five is bad and uh the uh it's dead and there's a uh you know 85 percent leak down and uh it's it, i put some oil in there and now it's a little better so it looks like the piston rings are worn out in that cylinder so perhaps in the past a fuel injector had stuck open and washed all the oil out of that cylinder now the rings are bad so you really need to either remove the engine and rebuild it at least with new piston rings or you need to replace it and you just bought the fucking thing you've owned it for 24 maybe 48 hours and it's fucked and so are you <laughs> And all you had to do was bring it to me before you bought the fucking thing. And I could have fucking scanned the codes and seen that, you know, I had a P0305 and, and that that cylinder was not working. And, and I could have, uh, you know, looked at it and said, well, you know, we'll have to do this. And then we do that. And then we find out what's wrong with it. And then you take it back and you say, hey, you know what? Keep your piece of shit. I'm going to keep looking, okay? So, I mean, it's obvious to us as mechanics why you should do this, why you should have a mechanic, even if you don't know him, bring it to a fucking shop. Say, listen, I'm thinking about buying this car. Throw it up on a lift, look it over, run, scan the faults. I mean, really, that's, I mean, 
that's exactly what we do when we bring them in for an oil service anyway. We don't usually scan the faults unless, of course, the check engine light's on, and that's one of the lines on the RO. But even then, we could, you know, if it's a pre-purchase inspection and we want to make sure you're not going to get screwed, we could definitely scan the faults. And you know what? Seriously, if you were going to buy a car from me, or if you were going to buy it, let me put that, let me change that. If you were going to buy a car from the manufacturer that I work for, not only am I going to know that car like the back of my hand because I've worked on three to 4,000 of them over the course of the last few years, not only that, but I'm going to be able to go into my manufacturer-specific uh, service history and see what has happened to it and maybe who the previous owner was. I bet you a lot of used car lots wouldn't like you to have that information, would they? I mean, suppose you call up a guy and say, yeah, I'm thinking about buying this uh, this car that you used to own. And, and, and they go, oh, yeah, no, don't buy that car because I totaled it and they bought it back and put a whole new motor and tranny in it, which I got from a junkyard, and it had water in cylinder number five. And uh, uh, we we blew out the water and got it running, and it ran tolerably, and I traded it in. And the dealership I traded it into took it to an auction. And then this lot that you were going to buy it from bought it and maybe, uh, you know, did their little spit shine job on it where they fucking lacquer finished the engine compartment and and shined up the body and maybe put some silicone on the wheels and then sold it to you they sold it to you and, and maybe even they offered you a warranty on it they said well you know if you want to buy a warranty we'll sell you that separate you know but otherwise you don't have a warranty you know and that's another part of the problem you want to make sure that you got some sort of coverage especially if you're going to spend a lot of money Okay, if you're going to spend a lot of money, definitely get a warranty, either an aftermarket warranty or a factory warranty or some sort of warranty to, to help you in case some shit like this happens. Okay, now, uh, am I saying to you, hey, uh, Uncle Jimmy, what about all these people who call me up trying to sell me warranties on the phone? I go, you should tell those people to fuck off and hang up on them. Or if you want to, if you want to get them to stop bothering you, Here's a surefire trick that has worked for me. Next time you have a car and, and you're, you're, you're within like maybe two years of the end of the warranty and these people start calling you up and going, hey, you, you, you want to get a, we see that your warranty's almost up. You want to sign up to re-up it, you know, and like that. You tell them, sure. And then they go, holy shit, really? Because most people just hang up on those people. But you said, sure. So they, they send you over to a whole other person, and then they want to, They start talking to you about your car, and they go, well, how many miles does it have on it? And you go, oh, it's got 192,000 miles on it. They go, oh, oh, we can't cover you. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. And they never call you again. So there's a tip from your Uncle Jimmy if you want to get rid of some of these fucking aftermarket warranty companies that call you ad nauseum. Okay, just tell them you have 192,000 miles on your fucking car and they'll leave you the fuck alone, believe it or not. But if you're going to buy a car from a used car lot and they don't have a warranty of their own and they try to sell you some piece of shit, definitely go home and check the reviews for that warranty. Okay, because a lot of warranty companies won't cover shit. And so paying even a little bit extra or getting it for free from the dealer should be a red light for you. It should be, it should uh, throw up a flag so that, you, you know, you know that something is going on there, okay? Now, with a place like, uh, with a place like Carvana, here's how they do it. Um, they, I'm not sure where they get their cars from, to be honest with you. I don't know enough about them. Uh, I'm not sure about Vroom. Uh, but one of the things that they do, and this is in lieu of, of, of having you drive the car and having you look at the car and have you have a mechanic look at the car is they give you a seven-day return. You have seven days to return it if you don't like it. I, I feel like that's, I guess, a little bit fair, right? I mean, if you're going to have a car and it's going to fuck up, you know, you got you to gotta hope if you're selling them that they don't fuck up within seven days. And if you're 
buying it. You got to hope it fucks up in seven days. It's it's kind of a hit or miss. It's like trying to play dice with your car. You know, can you roll snake eyes or are you going to roll box cars? Who knows? Who knows? You know, do you take a hit on 17? No, you, you never do. You stay on 17 and hope the dealer goes over trying to beat you. Okay. This is the thing. It's, it's a gamble. It's just basically a gamble. Is the car going to work well enough, long enough to get you past the seven day return policy? And the chances are that it will. Okay. And there may be something heinous about that car that you discover two weeks in, a month in, maybe two months in, and then you don't want it, or it's going to be expensive to fix. Okay. So maybe you have a warranty, but even then, sometimes you can have a warranty for something that goes wrong with a car. And, and even maybe something really seriously comprehensive that goes wrong with the car. But do you want it after that? Have Has the value gone down if you have to have an engine replaced? Well, if you have it replaced professionally, no, the value should not go down. But if you get one of these warranty companies who send some fucking guy out and he looks at the car and says, well, you know, instead of, uh, instead of replacing the engine assembly, we're going to pull the crankshaft out and put a new crankshaft in it and with new bearings. Like, no, who the fuck wants to do that? Nobody I know, but yet they'll find some fucking crowbar shop out there that'll do that and that'll keep them from having to spend a lot of money on a car that's already sold, by the way. No, no, seriously, take this one tip from your Uncle Jimmy. If you're a technician, tell your friends, tell your parents, their friends, tell your friends' friends, everybody you know that if they are going to buy a car from anybody, them have you come take a look at it or have them bring it to you so that you can take a look at it, Okay. I don't fucking trust anybody when it comes to used cars. Do not trust anybody. That's the best thing I could tell you. Don't fucking trust anybody. Used car people are modern day fucking pirates, okay? They'll stab you in the fucking gullet and steal your fucking buried treasure in a fucking minute, okay? They will, and they will not care about it. They'll laugh as they leave your boat. They'll laugh as they leave you stranded on the side of the highway with some fucking car they sold you that wasn't worth the flying fuck, okay? And the fact that they'll bring it to you on a flatbed and drop it in your driveway is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. You can't even go to the fucking dealership to look at the fucking thing. You can't even test drive it. I, I can't believe that they do any business at all, and yet there's one across the street from where I work pretty much, and I go by there every day, and I, they, they're doing business. They're doing business because everyone thinks it's fun to buy stuff on the Internet, and everyone thinks they're smart enough to buy a used car and not get fucking screwed on it. Okay? The best way, the absolute 100% best way to keep from getting screwed on a car, used or new even for that matter, is to do your fucking due diligence research the fucking thing, talk to people who have them, have a mechanic. Let's say you're looking at a Chevrolet, take it to a Chevrolet dealership or maybe find a Chevy mechanic that you can contact and have him look at it. Find out what goes wrong with these cars. Find out how long the warranty is. I'm talking, it's a huge list, folks. Keep keep paying attention here, okay? Find out what the warranty is on everything. Some parts of the car don't have a very long warranty and some parts do. It's crazy. There's federal emissions warranties that go on for a long time. There's even Sulev and PHEV uh electric car warranties which go on ad infinitum especially if they're in california there's also warranties on tires and rims now which is crazy i can't understand that myself but there they are uh they're trying to protect you okay but uh 
uh, some other things that you can do to keep from getting killed with a with a car that maybe you don't want or that doesn't work worth the shit. Try renting one from one of these rental car places. Say you're looking at a Toyota Camry. Now you would think, and I would think too, that you're pretty safe buying one of those. But somebody somewhere's gotten a dud, and you know what? Two, they're made in the United States. Most cases. Yeah. Okay, so the Japanese spent a lot of time in the 80s and the 90s telling us that, uh, you know, GM and Ford and Chrysler build shit, and we build the good stuff, and then what'd they do? They came over here and built factories and hired the fucking guys who were building those cars to build their cars, and now all of a sudden, hey, guess what? We build quality products. Yeah, I call bullshit on that one, okay? You can get a dud from anybody. You can. And if you think that you can go out and buy a brand new camera and it's going to work perfectly, well, chances are pretty good that that actually will happen. But you, you might be the one who gets a dud. Okay? And if you're buying them used, you got to worry about what the fucking guy before you did to it. And if you have a mechanic come and look at it, if you take it to a mechanic, have him look at it, and, and maybe look for the signs that the cars had the shit beaten out of it. Okay, There's all kinds of signs that you should look for. <laughs> Here's some of the, you want to see some crazy, there's crazy, crazy things that go on with cars that will tell you whether or not it's had its ass kicked. Okay, Number one, exhaust modifications. Sure. Do fucking teenage kids and young adults uh, modify the exhaust? Yeah, why do they do that? Because they want it to go faster? Okay, so there's that. You can look at that. How about the tires? Are the tires the ones that were on it when it was when it was brand new? Maybe, maybe not. How worn are they? Are they all worn on the edges? You know, did they drive like fucking Dale Earnhardt Jr. all the time and up on the edges on the right side? Maybe. That's, that's a sign. Also, too, what's the interior look like? You know, are the seats worn out? Uh, you know, are the seatbelts all twisted up into a knot? Does this, does the airbag look like the right one? Uh, when you open up the hood and you look at the core support, does it look all wrinkly like it got fucking smashed in? You know, seriously, there's all kinds of things you can look at. Look at the wear items. Ask them for maintenance records. Ask them for receipts. Ask them where they get it taken care of. Find out if you're buying it from a private owner. Find out. And if it's at a used car lot, you still got to do that same due diligence. You got to look at it because... Used car salesmen, they'll fucking tell you anything you want to hear. You know, you walk up to a car on a lot and they go, hey, is the guy take, you know, did the guy always change the oil on it? And, you know, you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, well, geez, probably, you know, I mean, I, I met that guy. He was pretty cool. He said he took care of it. He said he had all the receipts. I don't have them here, but yeah, no shit. You don't have them here. You fucking lying sack of shit. Maybe the guy never changed fucking oil. Who, who would even know? Well, a mechanic might know. He might know, especially if you took, let's say, <laughs> you had, you went to go buy a car, and let, let's just say it was a Chevy, something by a Chevrolet with a spin-on oil filter. Okay, so you go, and you go, you're looking at a Chevrolet that's maybe three, four years old, and you bring it to the dealer, and you have them look at it pre-purchase inspection. Just say, look it over and look, see how it is, right? And the guy puts it up on the lift, and he's been changing the oil on Chevys for the last 12 years, and he sees that the oil filter is the oil filter that the assembly line worker installed on that car when it was brand new and it's never been off the car and it's different than the ones they put on and it's different than the ones anybody else in america would put on except the factory and so you tell them say well you know the car's got forty-eight thousand miles and it looks like it's never had the oil changed would you want to steer clear of that car you fucking bet your ass you would and and this is everywhere you go okay now one of the things that i enjoy most uh, about where i work and where, and where all, a lot of us work is that they have a used car inspection program uh, typically, it's called CPO. Uh, it might be called something else, certified pre-owned. And I think in some places, uh, certified pre-owned just means that they certify that the car was actually pre-owned. That's all they do to it. Uh, I know that a used car department in a lot of buildings 
is responsible for a large chunk of the profit that that particular dealership or or a used car lot makes. Okay, a lot of the profit. There's a great deal of profit in used cars. Uh, the margins are there. You buy, you take a car in on trade. Maybe you gave the guy two thousand dollars for it. You took it out. You had it cleaned and detailed, and you you, you, know, you painted the motor with that lacquer shit that makes them shine. And maybe you greased up the tires with that silicone lube, and uh, the car looks beautiful. And you put it on the lot for seventy nine ninety five. And somebody comes along and talks you down to sixty nine ninety five, and you sell the car. And what did you do to it between the first owner or the owner who traded it in and, and the new owner? You did nothing except clean it. That's it. And now you're going to make $4,000 fucking dollars on it. Okay. And if the guy comes back in three weeks and says, geez, it looks like the oil was never changed. They'll say, well, change it. What do you want me to do? You know, they're, they're done with you. They're finished. They got your money. You got their car. It's all over. The relationship has ended. It was a short-term relationship, baby, and it's over. One of the other things that happens is uh, now the manufacturer that I work for has a very rigorous uh, inspection, if you will, for uh, the used car program that they sponsor. It's a, it's a CPO program. Uh, they want us to look at the tires and the brakes and, and check the chassis out, make sure that there's nothing out of whack, uh, you know, f find a... Uh, you know, look for dents and dings and, and interior pieces that are broken and maybe, you know, whatever maintenance items it might need. It wants them all done. It's really extraordinarily comprehensive. But if I get a used car in that they got either traded in or they bought it at an auction and they bring it in, they want us to CPO it and it needs something expensive. Well, then your used car manager is more likely to try to fix it in a non-expensive manner, okay? Read, I eat, rig it up, okay? They don't want to spend a lot of money because a lot of times the profit margin goes down if you spend a lot of money on a used car. And if the profit margin goes down, then guess what? The money that they get paid goes down and that's the bottom line for them. The honest to God, true bottom line for them. And so if you even so much as try to change the oil in the damn thing or maybe uh, put a tire on it or maybe put a set of brake pads on it, they're gonna, they're gonna chafe. It doesn't matter who they're working for. It doesn't matter if they're working for a Toyota dealer or if they're working for Joe's used car lot. Nobody wants to spend a fucking dollar on a used car. And as technicians, I feel like it's our responsibility to really honestly inform a used car buyer of what's wrong with the car. I think that they should pay us for our time and our expertise. I think it, you know, 50 bucks would be a probably just a, a really fair price to pay to know if the car you're going to spend the next, uh, you know, you're going to spend three, four, five hundred dollars a month on for the next four, five, six, maybe even seven years. It would be a good idea to spend that initial 50 bucks to find out if that car is still going to be around before the end of the loan term. Would you like to know that? Yeah. It's not like having a crystal ball, but it's about as fucking close as you're going to get. I'll tell you what, if you bring me a car from the manufacturer that I work for, it doesn't even matter what age it is. I've been doing this so long. I can look at it and in about 20 minutes, make you up a list of everything that's wrong with it, what needs to be done, how much it will cost to fix it, and whether or not you should buy that car and actually have that stuff done or have that stuff done by somebody beforehand before you buy it or maybe get a warranty and have it fixed after you buy it, whatever, I can tell you that. It's not that hard to do. 
Okay, but for somebody like you who makes cupcakes for a living, or maybe you have a, a hot dog cart, or maybe you work at Walmart, maybe you work, maybe you're the CEO of some company somewhere, maybe you're the CEO of uh, I don't even know, pick something, Cisco, uh, you know, Apple or something. You don't know anything about cars, you know everything about everything else, but not cars. Would it be worth fifty bucks to you to find out if they're buying a piece of shit? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so guys, boys and girls, if you're out there, if you're a technician and you've got a good a good idea of what's good and what's bad in a car, which I would hope you do. Uh, straighten these other people out, okay? Don't let them buy these cars from from these places like Vroom and Carvana without going over and saying, let me just take a look at it before you get it, okay? And then if they do buy it, make sure you get a look at it before that seven-day return policy shit comes to a fucking screeching halt, okay? Because if I bought a, if, if somebody I knew bought a car and I took a look at it on day one or day two and I said, look at this thing. It's all fucked up over here. Somebody's smashed into something. And for their part, Carvana, Vroom, and all these other people, they probably never looked at it very close either. Why would they? They're giving you a seven-day return policy. Why, would the, why in the fuck would they waste their time looking at it? You're going you're gonna to hopefully drive the car for seven days, decide you'd like it no matter how fucked up it is, and then when, later on when it becomes so fucked up that you can't deal with it, it's too fucking late. You own it. It's yours. You've been making payments on it. It's your car. It's your problem. It's not theirs, okay? So get your hands on these cars from these people, the people that you like, the people that you know, the people that you love, the people in your life who are important to you. Get your hands on their used cars before they buy them. If if they already bought them, get your hands on them before the warranty runs out, before the seven-day return policy runs out. Just be that guy who does that for them, okay? And and make yourself available to do it for other people as well. And charge them something. Make them feed you. That's what I used to do, you know? I had a shop, and I would work on my friend's cars and say, all you got to do is feed me, you know, pizza, Chinese food, whatever. Just feed me. That's all. I will work for food. I will really seriously take a look at me. You could tell I work for food for Christ's sakes. All right. All right. That's enough about me ranting about used cars. This is your Uncle Jimmy. I'm going to sign off now saying see you. Slow motion see you. <laughs> so that is it for this week's episode of Grease the Wheels. Make sure you keep giving us those good reviews over there on iTunes. Make sure you keep telling your friends and sharing it all over social media. So as I've previously stated on our Facebook page, we're doing a new initiative with the end of our show, and that is just free advertising to companies that can help our audience out. And I have found one that absolutely fits that bill. Now, this one is for the technicians and our shop owners who listen as well. If you need work, you need to go to mechanicsmarketplace.com. If you are a shop owner, go get signed up. These guys will do all of the work of hiring and HR and legal, and they will even drug test your candidates for you, which is phenomenal. Now, as a technician, what does Mechanics Marketplace do for you? Well, it finds permanent jobs for those who are laid off, and that is page one, goal one of what we are trying to do here. Most of you guys are still working, but I know some of you guys who work at tiny little mom and pops have gotten hit hard. So, MechanicsMarketplace.com, check it out. And uh, they can also help you find side jobs. And you can get free resume writing and career advice as well through their completely free mobile app. Now, they're only in the U.S. for now. They're getting into Canada later this year. So that kind of limits, you know, that kind of limits the Grease the Wheels Nation a little bit. But that's okay. If you're in the States or in Canada, check these guys out. MechanicsMarketplace.com. 
They're also going to be adding a marketplace for tools, hard to find parts, entire cars, stuff like that. And it's completely free up front if you are a shop. You can hire temp employees fast. All the skills from all the applicants are screened and you review the employee reviews and ratings. You only pay a small transactional fee when the employee hire is confirmed, but if they don't show up on the first day, you receive a refund. So that's not so bad. Mechanicsmarketplace.com. If you need work, check them out. If you need bodies, check them out. They are going to help us stay open through COVID-19.